praying for souls. Before I go on, I would like to do a short recap of what happened here on Sunday. Uh, how many of us were around Sunday? Okay. You tried. You braved it. <laughs> okay, how many of us watched online on Sunday? Okay, beautiful. I'm sure you had a wonderful time. And if you're not here on Sunday or you, and you didn't watch online, please get the CD. Praise the Lord. That is all I can say. It was a wonderful time in God's presence. And the word of God came powerfully. So I'm just going to take a bit out of that. And then I will start from there. Praise the Lord. Now, there was a story of a man who lived under the bridge. That Pastor Goldman said on Sunday. And he painted on the wall. Man was created to suffer. Praise the Lord. And uh, from what Pastor Godman told us on Sunday, that is not the truth according to God's word. And I like to say from the Bible, the Bible says, in the beginning it was not so. Praise the Lord. In the beginning it was not so. God did not create man to suffer. Man was created for God's delight. Praise the Lord. Man was created for God's delight. Man was created to function in the same capacity and realm as God. That is why the scripture says God created man in his own image and after his own likeness. And you see, somebody may read what that man has written and um, just believe in their hearts that since their situation or present experience resonates with that that statement, they think it's the truth. They believe it. And that actually becomes their living reality. Praise the Lord. That statement can become somebody's living reality out of ignorance. Out of ignorance. Out of ignorance. You see, let me share an experience with you, something that happened to me some times ago. Uh, I was going to the filling station. I was going to buy fuel. And I decided to stop by the ATM machine to get some cash. Because I've had experiences before, you get to the filling station, and then after buying fuel, uh, you want to pay with your ATM card, and they tell you the POS machine is not working. I've had that experience before, and it was an angel that came to bail me out. <laughs> you, know, you know, so I didn't want such a repeat experience. So I started to get some cash from this ATM machine, and I parked the car. The ATM machine was just across the road. And I saw people lined up, you know, trying to get funds from the ATM machine. And... They left one after the other. When I saw that there was only one person left on the queue, I went there. And the person got to the machine and turned back and said, it is not paying. And I also did what? I turned back. So I was about entering my car, and the Holy Spirit just said, at least you will try. I said, it's not paying. I entered the car, started the car, but this voice will not leave me. Go back and try. I said, okay, switch up the engine, get out of the car, cross the road, started my card, and lo and behold, the team vomited money. <laughs> and he said, it was a great lesson for me. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me there, a very powerful message. He said, don't let someone else's experience or outcome be the yardstick or the basis for your expectation about life. That statement never left me. Don't let somebody's experience or yastic 
be the basis for your expectations about life. Let your expectations be according to revelation from God's word. The parameters that govern, that govern life's outcome are different. Praise the Lord. They are different. So our outcomes will be different. But to get the heavenly God kind of outcome, you have to get your own basis for expectation from his word. Hallelujah. So this man's assertion according to the scripture is wrong. It's wrong. God created man in his own image and after his own likeness and man actually lost it in the garden. When he disobeys God's commandments and he took on the nature of sin. Praise the Lord. Now the best gift we can give to man is that gift of reconciliation back to God. The, gift we can, the best gift we can give to man is the gift that will help man be reconciled back to God. And that is the gift of righteousness. That is what God expects from us. The gift that will restore man back to the place of fellowship and intimate relationship with him. That is very key. And that is the essence of all we are doing this month. The ability to stand before God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. That is what salvation offers us. And let's read from the scripture tonight, the book of Romans chapter 5. I read verse 16. It says, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Can we read verse 17 together, everyone, if you, if you, if you, if you can read with me? Hallelujah. Okay, we tried. <laughs> okay, I'm sure we can do that one more time. So let's do it coercively now. Want to go? For if by one man's offense that reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. So the scripture says that it's what is called the gift of righteousness that will cause us to reign in life. And we are, asking, we are asked on Sunday, what is the best gift you've ever given to someone? What's the best gift you've ever given to someone? No matter how best, how qualitative, how valuable the gift you've given to anyone else, until that, that person has the gift of righteousness, he doesn't have a true gift. Hallelujah. Until that person has the gift of righteousness. I know we have siblings, loved ones that we value, that we appreciate during their birthdays, their celebration time and everything. No matter the gift we give to them, until they have this gift, all other gifts don't matter. All other gifts don't matter. All other gifts don't matter. Hallelujah. The gift of righteousness is God's ultimate for man. That is what he longs for, and that is his heartbeat. 
It spoke to us in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world. Hallelujah. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Should have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Praise the Lord. He that does not believe is condemned already. So you don't need to preach condemnation. They are already condemned. So you are only adding insult to injury. Praise the Lord. When you are preaching condemnation. It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That tells you, look, this is God's, this is God's desire. He doesn't want any man condemned. He had to sacrifice his only begotten Son. What a price he paid for the soul of a man. Hallelujah. And Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says, us, it says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. And this is where this, this is where the scriptures, this is what the scripture is trying to get across to us. He said, Look, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And some men count slackness. But what is going on here? It says, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. God does not want any, any, praise the Lord, any, your house help, any, your house boy, any, your driver, any, your cook, any, your barber, any, your salonist, any. Your kids' teacher, any. Any. Your boss, any. Whether it's a knuckle head or it's a head put together. Any. Not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. Hallelujah. But that all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. No, looking at all the scriptures, you will see that God is passionate about man. He's passionate about souls. And the question now is, if God is truly, if souls is truly God's heartbeat, and you are now you are saved, you are saved. You've given your life to Christ. Will you now say, well, I am safe. Because I am saved, S-A-V-E-D, I am safe, S-A-F-E. So, no problem. I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm not concerned about others. Because that's the attitude many of us believers we carry. Praise the Lord. That's our mentality most times. We think because we are saved, we are safe, and that's the end of the story. Excuse me, that's not the end of the story. 
the story has just begun. Hallelujah. The story has just begun. Or someone may say, well, since God is passionate about so, why can't God get everybody saved by himself if he truly wants them saved? How many of you have asked that question before? Good. You are not, that doesn't make you less spiritual. I've asked you before. Now, why do we have to compel people to get saved? Why God can't just come and just do some abracadabra somehow and everybody just get saved? Who needs it to make life easy for everybody? <laughs> it make life easy for everybody. Praise the Lord. But you see, the answer is this. God can do it. Because with him, nothing is impossible. But he won't do it. God can, but he won't. Doing it will mean going against his word. And the only one thing God can do, can't do, God can't go against his word. Open with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at it together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. I want you to underline the word them. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. See them again. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 28. Then God blessed them. And God said to them. Now, God tactically removed himself from the scene by saying, let them. Praise the Lord. God said, let them have dominion. In other words, he transferred dominion to them. Please, can I have two people come around? Please, brother, we come. And the brother beside you, brother, we come. Please just come up here. Assuming I'm giving you a command to go and collect all the cash that everybody in this room has in their pockets. You can do that. God help you. Okay. If I say, let us go there and collect all their money, what happens? All of us will step down together and then we'll go and do what? And collect all the money, whether you like it or not. Now, let's come back. Let's go up again. If I now say, let them go and collect the money. Yeah, you them. Praise the Lord. So this is what God did. God stepped back and said, let them go and rule on the surface of the earth. Is somebody with me tonight? 
God stood back and said, look, I'm bequeathing the authority on the surface of the earth to you. Go and do as you would like to do. In other words, I can't come there to come and do anything except to give me the permission to do it. Praise the Lord. God saying, let them, means he has stepped back. And he has his hands folded. Waiting for them to perform. So for him to step out of that space, he will have to get their permission because he has bequeathed the authority, the dominion to man. That is why God will not come down to the surface of the earth and force anyone to be saved. Everyone that gets saved is because man was involved in the process of the salvation of the person. Hallelujah. And then who are the them? It says, let them. Who are the them? Hello? Help me ask the name of your neighbor. Just, just ask. What's the name of your neighbor? Okay, do you know the name of your neighbor now? Okay, let's go to verse 28. So anyway, you see them. Put the name of your neighbor there. Is that, is that okay? So let's go 28, verse 28 together. Then God blessed. And God said to be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. So, Mr. Mr. Dem and Mrs. Dem, the truth is this. God's hands are tied when it comes to the issues of the earth because he has bequeathed the authority to you and I. God's hands are tied when it comes to the issues of the earth, because he has bequeathed the authority to us, without us exercising our domain and authority, God's influence on the surface of the earth will be limited. God is not limited, but his influence can be limited. His influence can be limited. And that is why he said in the book of Ezekiel 22, verse 30, he said, I sought for a man. How can the Almighty God be seeking for a man? Excuse me. How can the Almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, be seeking for a man? It just goes to buttress the point that without man, God will not be able to operate here. Without us rising up, there is nothing heaven will do. So he said, I sought for a man. Among them, who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. I'm reading Ezekiel 22 verse 30. So I sought for a man among them, who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. 
I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. Some people are on their way to destruction. And God is saying, look, I sometimes seeking for a man. I'm seeking for a man that will rise up and stand in the gap. That will intercede on behalf of that boy, that girl, that man, that woman, that friend, that sibling, that colleague in the office. I seek for a man. This man is on, his, on, the, is, uh, is on the express road to destruction. Why will God seek for a man? To stand in the gap. He does not want them to perish. He doesn't want man to perish. And you know what? Destruction of man is the devil's delight. That's just the truth. Destruction of man is the devil's delight. It is, it is his delight. So when we refuse to pray and intercede for souls, for our land, asking God to intervene, we are actually fueling the devil's delight. We are fueling the devil's delight. Let me bring it home because we're going to pray. Talking about soul winning and prayer. You see, the major hindrance to people getting saved, whether it's a parent, a mother, a boss, a sibling, a spouse, or whoever the person is, there's just one major hindrance that the scripture points out to us. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Please, can we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4? Verse 3, 2 to 5. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servant for Jesus' sake. Hallelujah. The King James Version puts it this way. It says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine Unto them. The God of this world, the God of this world is the one we need to contend with when it comes to salvation of souls. The God of this world. See, God can't step in unless we make a demand according to his word to command the veil to be removed and command their eyes to be opened so that they can see. God can't step in. You see, what, is, what does it mean to be filled? Uh, the, the, Greek, the, in the, the Greek transition means to hide, to cover up, to wrap around. That is what veiled means. And it's, it's important to realize that unbelievers won't see the gospel. They don't see it because they can't. 
Hello? Yeah. They can't. There is a veil. There is a covering. So until the covering is removed, nothing happens. Until the veil is removed, nothing happens. And they can't do it by themselves. We are the ones that will do it for them. Hello, are you with me tonight? Is somebody still here tonight? They can't do it for themselves. We believers, you and I, are the only ones God can rely on to do this job. And the question now tonight is, can God rely on you? Can God rely on you? Just as much as you want to rely on him. How many of us want to rely on God? Some people's hands are not up. You want to rely on, you have something else to rely on. I will just report you to Pastor Godman. That's a problem. That they have something else they are relying on. No, I don't know. Praise the Lord. Okay, how many of us want to rely on God? That when you pray, God answers your prayer. That before you need help, help is jamming you everywhere. Now, let me ask you this other side. Uh, can God rely on you? Can God trust you? Can God rely on you? You see, that is why when you got saved, you remained in this world. Uh, Your remaining here, your being here around after you got saved is for a purpose. And for that purpose to be established, you need to know that you are not uh, you are not of this world. Let me put it that way. So the God of this world does not have any influence over you. I need to drop that point. The God of this world does not have any influence over you because you can't be under the influence of the God of this world. I want to deliver or release somebody who is also under the influence. Are you with me tonight? You can't be under the influence of the God of this world and still be empowered or have the audacity to want to release somebody else who is also under the influence of the God of this world. That is why God, Jesus Christ, said to, said to us in the scriptures, it says you are in this world, but don't get it twisted. You are not of this world. Praise the Lord. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. John chapter 17, verse 14. Let's read it together. I need to make this point before we rise up to pray shortly. It says, I have given, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Because if, now let me pause there, if we were of the world, then we would have been under the God of this world, that is the devil, who has veiled the minds of men and blinded the minds of men. Now, Jesus Christ is saying, look, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Praise the Lord. That, 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 that's why he said, he said, don't take them out of the world. That is why you didn't disappear when you gave your life to Christ. Praise the Lord. How many of you believe that heaven is ready for you? Heaven is ready. Beautiful. 
So there, was, there will have been no reason for God keeping you here. Because your home is ready. So it's just to get saved and get to heaven. Immediately you said, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. What should have happened? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You would have just gone like that. But it didn't happen. Jesus Christ actually prayed that the Father would not take you. Can you imagine? He said, keep them here, but keep them from evil. Because he has assignment for you and I. He has assignment for us. He has assignment for us. You know? So don't take them out of the world. Keep them here. So that we can be part of extending and expanding his kingdom. And he now says, guys, see, I am giving you so much power and authority to be able to make this happen. And he says in the book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, Wonderful, powerful scripture. It says, As shortly I said to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they, shall, they ask, it will be done, done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And look at what the message translation says. The message translation, do we have it? Let's look at the message translation. It says, take this most seriously. A yes on earth is what? A yes in heaven. A no on earth is what? A no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make and make a gist, a complaint, a gossip. Praise the Lord. Are we still here? And make a prayer out of it. My Father in heaven goes into and when two or three of you are gathered together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. In other words, if we do all the complaining, we do all the stories, we do all the gisting, and sometimes we add the gossip to it. And we do all the blogging, all the writing. About everything around us. About people hurting, about this, about that, about that. And you don't make prayer out of it. We tie God's hands. Hallelujah. We tie God's hands. He said, my father will go into action. My father will go into action. I don't know about you. Is anyone ready to untie God's hands tonight? Anybody ready to give God some work to do tonight? You know what the scripture says? In the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 7. Luke 15, verse 7 and 10. I 
I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Verse 10, the same chapter, verse 10. I want us to read together, everyone. Hallelujah. God is depending on you for one sinner to repent. God is depending on, you, on us to make party happen in heaven. God is depending on us to make joy happen in heaven. And can I tell you the truth? You can't make joy happen in heaven and you are miserable on the surface of the earth. You can't make joy happen in heaven and you are miserable here on earth. God will be unjust. He will be unfaithful if you will make joy happen in heaven and then you are here on the surface of the earth and you are miserable. Will somebody jump me on their feet tonight? First of all, tonight we are going to celebrate your own redemption. Hallelujah. We are going to thank God for the gift of salvation that God has given you. You are going to celebrate your connection with redemption. I don't know how you got saved. I don't know who preached to you. I don't know what encounters you had. But friends, it's a gift. Praise the Lord. It's a gift. You were not qualified for it. Hallelujah. You were not qualified for it at all by any stroke of luck. It's a gift. I want us to lift up our hands tonight and just say, Lord, thank you for the gift of redemption. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want you to celebrate your liberty tonight. Celebrate your peace, celebrate your joy. Celebrate your redemption, celebrate your liberty. Celebrate access that you have to the throne of grace and mercy. Celebrate God tonight. Celebrate Him. Celebrate Him. Celebrate your liberation. Celebrate God and celebrate your access to the throne of grace and mercy. Celebrate the, the, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you. Let's go ahead and just appreciate God tonight. Just appreciate Him. Just appreciate Him tonight. Just appreciate Him tonight. Just bless Him. Just appreciate Him. Lord, I thank you for the salvation of my soul. Thank you for saving me. Somebody go ahead and just give him thanks tonight. You were lost. He found you. You were wasting away. He salvaged you. You were messing up and messed up. Yet, his mercy found you. You were under the weight of condemnation and sin. He gave you the gift of righteousness and gave you a recommendation to the Father to bless you. He took away the weight of sin that you carried. He says, come unto me, only that labor and are heaven laden, and I will give you rest. And he has given you the rest. You need to bless him tonight. You need to appreciate him tonight. You need to appreciate him tonight. You need to appreciate him tonight. Someone to go ahead and bless him tonight. Someone to go ahead and celebrate him tonight. Father, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of redemption. 
Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. You loved us so much, you gave your son. You loved us so much, you gave your son. You loved us so much, you gave your only begotten son. And we are mere recipients of your mercy. Oh Lord, it is your mercy. 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 Father, we say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So tonight, I want us to pray strategically and with great expectation in our hearts. Please, can I have 2 Corinthians chapter 4 back on the screen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So we are praying. And this is what we are praying about. And this is how we are going to roll in this prayer session. I want you to have the name of one person in your heart. And I want you to carry the picture of that person in your mind. It could be more than one, but I want one, one person. You could have more than one. I want you to mention the name of that particular person. I want us to hold our hands together tonight. I want to just be in agreement with someone tonight. That this particular person, you mentioned the name of the person. I want you to listen to me very well. From the scripture here, it says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded? Would not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the of uh, the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. But it says, we do not preach ourselves, so this is not about us. Praise the Lord. It's about Jesus Christ. It says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, uh, your born servant for Jesus' sake. Now, go, to the, go back to verse 4, please. Back to verse 4. It says, whose mind the God of this age has blinded? God of this age has put a veil over their minds. And so tonight we want to decree that every veil over the mind of this person, you mentioned the name, where the face be lifted in the name of Jesus. Are you with me tonight? We command their mind to be open to receive the gospel in the name of Jesus. You will ask that the light of the gospel will shine into their hearts in the name of Jesus. Now you will call the name of the person with the face and you will pray that prayer in your understanding and then you go ahead and pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Are you with me tonight? Because you want to see this person wherever they are on the surface of the earth get saved and you will receive a call. I said you will receive a call. I said you will receive a call. That's look, I don't know what you did, I don't know what happened, but now I'm born again. You've been preaching to me all this while. I've had arguments, but all my arguments have been knocked down. And now I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Let's go ahead and pray in Jesus' mighty name tonight. Somebody who's ready to receive that testimony. Somebody who's waiting for such an encounter. 
something with somebody who is waiting, 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 so waiting. Somebody that is looking up to God for a soul to be saved tonight. I want you to go ahead and pray in the name of Jesus. I want you to call the name of the person and begin to command every veil be lifted. Every veil be lifted. Every veil be lifted in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the veil over your face be lifted in the name of Jesus. Neketo shikataya, rebosta, 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 mekelenosta, en calabroso predigeleboste, en calibrodoso predigelabosta, en calatoste, jekelebos, 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 e calibrondo sopra nigelebosta, macalabandelegelebosta, e caletos son talagaloste, e cabrosta, reketos, reketoste, meketo predigelebosta, en calitos sotoligelebosta, En calatos otro prediga la voz en calerosta regalemos 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 en calatón de melebosta macata la calosta en calaban de lebosta en rosoto prediga la bosta en calatón de lebosta we command the light of the gospel to shine into their hearts in the name of Jesus command the light of the gospel to shine into their hearts command the light of the gospel to shine into their hearts Command every blindness to be removed in the name of Jesus. Every hardness of heart be melted in the name of Jesus. A calatosta. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's go ahead and pray tonight. 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 Command every veil to be removed. Every veil over their minds. Every veil over their minds. Be lifted in the name of Jesus. Every veil, every blindfold. Every blindfold. Every blindfold. Every blindness be removed. Every covering be removed. In the name of Jesus. Every argument come to an end. In the name of Jesus. Call them safe. 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 In the name of Jesus. You are saved in the name of Jesus. You are saved in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise to God. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, you see, let me share this testimony with you. I amongst my siblings, uh, we, we are six, and we have um, five boys and a girl. The girl, you know, kind of tilted towards knowing God much more than the boys. And I was the one first one that God saved among the boys. And when I got saved, I got this scripture. Acts chapter 16 verse 29. It says, Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. 
So when I just saw that scripture, I said, nobody in my household will go unsaved. And today, we are all saved. Everyone. All, everyone. The six of us, we are all saved. So I don't know if it is your spouse, your friend, that you need to really, really lay hold on this scripture for. And say, Lord, because I am saved, this person must be saved. I stand in God for this person. He's connected to me. Lord, they must be saved. I can't watch them go into destruction. I can't watch them go to hellfire. I can't watch them become, become, become destroyed. I want us to just go ahead and pray tonight in the name of Jesus. I don't know if you have just one person around you that, 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 that you love, that you value so much, and they are yet to be saved. I want you to pray tonight and say, Lord, they are connected to me according to your word. I shall be saved and my householder. I decree and declare that this one comes to knowledge of salvation in the name of Jesus. They come to the knowledge of salvation. They come to the knowledge of salvation. Father, we say thank you. We give you praise to God. We give you praise to God. Hallelujah. And finally tonight, finally tonight, finally tonight, the ground is prepared and the ground is still being prepared. But I want us to pray. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. People's hearts are opened. They want to receive the gospel. It says, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into his harvest. They want to pray for laborers tonight. I want us to pray and let's go say, Lord, send laborers to the harvest. In the name of Jesus, send laborers. Send laborers. Send the laborers. Send laborers. In the name of Jesus. Send laborers in the name of Jesus into the harvest. Send laborers into the harvest. The harvest is plenty. The harvest is plenty. Souls are ready to be saved. Lord, send laborers in the name of Jesus. Lord, send laborers into the harvest. 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 and women in the name of Jesus to go into the field empowerment and women to go into the field in the name of Jesus Lord we bless you tonight we give you praise we give you praise can we just go ahead and just give God praise tonight or just go ahead and give God thanks I want to just go ahead and just appreciate him for us and prayers. 
appreciate him because he's a faithful God. He says, no man can come unto me except the Father draw with him. Let's appreciate God because he's drawing men to salvation. He's drawing men to himself. The souls are getting saved. Our neighbors, our siblings, our friends, they are getting saved in the precious name of Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Please, can we have our seats one minute tonight before we go? Just one minute. I quickly want to give somebody. If you are here in the